You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. This is The Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. There we have it. We're in. We're on. We're on. on. Now, the last, the last two times, Bracken, when we've talked, you haven't been in your studio. I know. Is it throwing you off? It is, and it really impacts me on the editing because our sound quality, I don't think we're a professional like studio sound quality to begin with, but then when one of us is in a different location, it is noticeably reduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're holding your like your headphones up where the little audio piece strips out of your earbud, and then the other earbud that now has to be free is close enough to, I think, the other earbud where I can hear myself through it. Oh, really? <laughs> so I we're ended up having an echo last week. Ooh, that's a little better. So I'm going to try to hold it over here so we don't get an echo. Yep. That was a nightmare to try to edit. And I didn't get it all gone. So hang in there with our audio, ladies and gents. This will be, after today, we have two more episodes of this, <laughs> and then I'll be home. You look stupid the way you're having to hold that. So I just took a photo and sent it to you, just so you know. We'll, we'll post it. Yeah, let's this do good. that. All right. You're in Arizona. Correct. What's up? I had no idea you were going to Arizona. Yeah, as a family trip. Lisa's aunt and uncle bought a second home down here. He's a mm. successful man, and he's he's reaping the rewards of that now that he's approaching retirement age. And so we're all coming down. We got here a few days early because our original flight was canceled. Frontier Airlines no longer has that route, so oh. we had to come down. Our only other wait, option was wait, they, later. They can't like you had the flight with Frontier and. At some point between booking and your trip, they decided to just cut that route altogether. We booked in December when we decided the family trip was happening. And then sometime in 2022, they removed those days from their their route offerings. So I got a text one day that said, your flight has been affected. Click here. So I clicked on it and said, your flight has been canceled. And no longer happening. Yeah, no longer even available. So I didn't know that they had canceled the route. So it's like, click here for alternatives. And the, it was just empty. And nice. Two days forward, nothing. Two days back, nothing. So we had to go like three or four days forward. Or, anyways, we ended up choosing back cause rather than take a seven-day vacation down to four. We moved it up to eleven. Yeah, always the right call. Okay, yeah, so you're in Arizona. Right. I'm curious because we chatted on the phone a little bit yesterday, and you have these like plans of grandeur while you're out there. And I just came back from California where mm-hmm. I had my own plans of grandeur and I got to hit some really sweet training runs and left with my legs completely obliterated. And if I know anything about somebody who lives in the Midwest without access to mountains, I know you have access where you are. Um, you must have some plans up your sleeve. So you come back just a wrecked white boy. Is that true? Yeah, I'm going to be very red. Pink. Okay, a wrecked pink boy. I... My plans, as I told you on the phone, were to just thrash my legs right up until that point where it's still safe Mm -hmm. and arrive home 
having done as much damage as I can do in 11 days without tipping over into injury. And on day two yesterday, I already ran into a roadblock, which was I couldn't stay out in the sun any longer. <laughs> didn't think about that, I suppose. No, no, I didn't. And I, I ran early enough in the day that it wasn't hot, hot. It was probably only 70 when I ran. But I didn't have a shirt, and I was I passed someone on the trail, and it was a couple, and they said, oh, you're getting burned. <laughs> <laughs> and you know if a random stranger tells you that, it's probably on its way to being pretty bad already. <laughs> My first thought was, don't tell me that. No, I'm not. And the second thought was I looked down, and I'm, I'm clear everywhere that the sun's not touching i practically mm-hmm. can see my my pulse through my skin and then i'm pink anywhere the mm-hmm. sun strikes so i immediately beelined for the car and that was that man so what is your plan there then are you gonna have to wear it like just lather up wear a one of those sun hats for your runs and keep your clothes on which is going to be a bummer because it feels real good to get Never. the sun on the skin what are you going to do <laughs> uh just run earlier okay as soon as we get done recording here, I'm heading out. I'm going to do a, a longer day. So I'm just going to alternate. I'm going to do a, like yesterday turned into an easy-ish day. And then today I'm going to smash my legs a bit. And then I'm going to run easy Wednesday and Thursday. And then Mr. John Yatsko and I are going to head to the Grand Canyon on Friday and smash the legs up some more. Are you going to pick a particular... Now, first of all, John Yatsko, just rub it in everybody's face. Everybody who knows who John Yatsko is is just drooling at the opportunity to do this. So you're getting a rare, rare opportunity here. So screw He's off. A fantastic host. I I'm told sure he I is. texted him, I said, Hey, we'll be there. We'll be there tomorrow. He said, Alright, do the kids have any dietary restrictions? He's already Aww. planning dinner that he's gonna make for us and I like that guy. He's a good man. Although he did deny a few of my questions during our interview, I remember. Which made yeah, he... which which hurt my feelings a little bit, but then I got over it. I realized, you know, that's how John rolls. He's one of those individuals who thinks before he speaks, and that's rare these days. I wish I had that. So what is your plan at the Grand Canyon? That's something I have um, actually our guest later this week, Adam Buck. Um, we're going to talk about the, uh, the trail systems and, and what are the ethics of spring running and, like, you know, all that fun stuff. But anyways, Adam's gone and done, like, the rim to rim to rim, and he's done mm-hmm. – whatever other versions of whatever is out there and i know that's a thing so are you tackling any of of these things are you gonna pick one and go for it or are we just going out there to frolic with our friends and taking the sights what's happening well originally i wanted to frolic but with ireland now nine weeks out i really need to beat my legs up with some serious vert so my my i, I told john hey i'd like to go rim to rim north rim to south rim North Rim is like a thousand or so feet higher, and that's the the smart way to go. It, I can get sorry to interrupt, but is, is that a is that like a taxi situation or a two car situation? Then what is that? Uh, they they have shuttle options to get you there, or you can do a two car situation. Okay. But he said, "Hey, sorry, uh, North Rim is still closed this time of year." Apparently, what I didn't realize how high the North Rim is. It's up over eight thousand feet, and so it's still snowed in. They closed the gates to the park. They don't do any snow maintenance on the road, so it's just drifted as high as the snow is. It's uniform across the road all the way, so you can't access from the north end. So we're going to do what he called the cowboy loop, the yeah. Cococino Cowboys. It starts south end. I think it's Bright Angel and one other trail. You basically go south rim, 
down to the river and back up. That's probably the most common loop, I believe. I've trained a few athletes now to go out and hit the cowboy loop on their own. Oh, yeah? So I'm familiar. You're, you're familiar yes. with the cowboy loop. I'm very familiar. I got it on two people's plans right now as an upcoming event. As in they're going to really? go hit their, you know, their FKT attempt or their best time attempt. Yep. Well, this will be my best time. It'll be my fastest known time, but this will not be an FKT attempt <laughs> for okay. two reasons. One, even prime me can't make an FKT attempt there because the people who hold those are just too good. But second of all, it's about 21 miles mm-hmm. and it will get warm at some point. My goal, as John says it, is don't make him carry me out of the canyon. <laughs> That's fair. I said, what do I need to know? He said, bring water, bring fuel. He said, I was on a run with Jim, which is just casual name drop of Jim Walmsley. Mm-hmm. And he said, we had the guy who had been second or third at UTMB, which is 106-ish miles with mm-hmm. 26,000 feet of vert or whatever. <clears throat> he said he was out with us training. And he, we showed up to do rim to rim and he showed up with a 12 ounce water bottle in his hand. And Jim said, stop, go back, get a real water bottle. We'll wait. And this was a guy who had been top three at UTMB. He said, you just Mm -hmm. have to respect the Canyon. So he said, we, and we still practically had to carry that guy out of the Canyon. So I, my goal is just not to be that person. Yeah. Don't be that guy. All right. I can't wait to hear about that adventure. That sounds like a good, uh, good final stamp on the trip. So I've been uh, taking my own advice that I said I was going to do and your advice, which is if you're struggling with leg issues on race day, spend more time in race shoes on race terrain. And so I've been trying to smash up my legs in lighter, minimal trail shoes rather than going to Hoka's. And I've been running exclusively so far in the Reebok All-Terrains. That's a blast brand from new the past, pair, isn't probably. it? I still have two brand new pairs left. For people who don't know, this would have been like the Spartan shoe that when you were back on the pro team and they were Reebok was their title sponsor, they gave you these shoes, right? Yes. And it was a serviceable shoe for some and not for others, correct? It's a poorly made and designed shoe. I use this analogy a lot for items that have all the appearance of something functional but doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like an alien looked down from earth at a picture of a shoe and recreated it never having worn a shoe (laughs) they understood you needed lugs you needed breathable material you needed a form-fitting upper you needed certain components and they put it all together but because they'd never worn a shoe in their life they were bound to get it wrong that's how reebok created these shoes sounds like a great shoe but it always worked for my foot so i I gobbled up all the pairs that people didn't want. And so I still have a surplus, but I broke those out and I've been running and they've been doing the trick. Every piece of my lower legs, every little connective piece is just talking to me. So I'm either going to be injured or I'm going to be really bulletproof. Now that pair of shoes has to be like five years old, just sitting brand new for like that many years, I would assume. Because those shoes are really a blast from the past. So you've had a brand new pair of shoes just sitting around for that long, just waiting for their day. And they finally got pulled up from the heavens as you reached down for them. And they were like, finally, he's using me. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, when Reebok Reebok left, I went right back to Innovate. And then VJ came along and they were basically just like Innovate, but with better grip. 
and their <clears> uppers <throat> didn't rip. Innovate fit me better. Probably the most comfortable trail shoe I've ever worn were their, their X-Talon line. But they were, they were kind of like the Hoka Evo Jaws, where they're the greatest shoe you could ever imagine, except they're, they're <laughs> I don't know, like... The uppers ripped on every single pair of Innovate I ever had. Eventually, wear them enough, they popped holes. Yeah. Constantly. And the or the rubber, rubber would peel off from the, like on the toe box in the front, it would peel away, and pretty soon you had a little flapper in the front. It like always did that crap. My watch just fell down behind me, and the button hit, and a run just started. I could hear a beep. Let's just see what kind of data you accumulate. Yeah, never know. Anyway, so re- Innovate was my go-to, and then VJ came along, and it was basically a less comfortable version of Innovate. It wasn't bad. It just didn't fit me quite as perfectly. My watch is just buzzing back there. Who knows what's it? Do you want to grab it? You Do you hear this? Your watch? I don't. Your microphone's not very sensitive, so I probably don't. It's hear just it. going crazy, nonstop. But there's something wrong with my watch. One second. Ooh, crotch shot. Thank you for that. Is it not stop? Is it doing its own thing? Yeah, and then I'll stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. So that happened to my old Garmin Forerunner 935. And then I ended up having to basically just ditch it, and I had to get the Phoenix. This started happening last night. I think I'm going to have to be in the market for a new watch. Do you have a plug in a computer where you could do a hard reset, where you can plug that thing into the back yep. of your laptop? I would definitely. Yeah, I Did you try that yet? No, this just started at like 11 p.m. last night. Yeah, that might save I, I you. I wear my watch as my alarm mm. so that it buzzes and doesn't wake anyone else up but me. So that it buzzes and doesn't wake anyone else up but me. Yeah. But it just started going nuts last night. I don't get it. Yeah. My watch almost did the exact same thing. And then the button stopped working, so I couldn't get it to do what I wanted. And that was it. Listen, if I'm going to run the Grand Canyon... I watch better work. Yep. You can go find a local running store and snap, snag one if you have to. So long story short, I've been untouched with those Reeboks ever since, and they've just been waiting and they're yearning to be used. But what I forgot is that there's one, this is the All-Terrain 3, I think, the last version they made. And there's one part that rubs, and it rubbed me raw right away. So last night I took some scissors to it, and I just cut that piece off. Mm-hmm. That... Who cares? I haven't worn these in six years. I may never again. So I just cut a notch in the shoe. And today I'm going to go test that out. Yeah, buddy. Can you imagine waiting in queue, like if shoes had feelings, for like six years? Just waiting in queue, seeing others being chosen before you every day for like 18,800 days would be terrible. terrible. Plus, they were in storage. They couldn't even see the light of day. Yeah. Well, let them breathe, brother. But I ripped it up at them yesterday. We were on some gnarly stuff. You have to keep us all posted as to how uh, how training goes out there. Because I'm back to Minnesota in the junky, nasty, drizzly, soft, gross, unenjoyable garbage. That's what I did this week. I twice got out on the ski hill, but I took the side, the back of the ski hill, where it's 30, 40, probably 50% hands and knees at the top. And it's just knee to shin length overgrowth where it's starting to come up and just muddy. Because I thought there's yeah. nothing more Ireland fell like than this. So let's go mm-hmm. get used to it. And what it made me realize is 
you can go as long as you want in the IROCs or something minimum if the ground is super soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what you'll probably be dealing with out there. We um should we get to what your uh your topic was for today? Your your thought process, how this came to be? I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say this or not, but I think I'm embarrassed. I was on Let's Run this morning perusing the results from World Indoor Championships. And is that still like a... this sorry, is that still like the like just the trolls of the running world just it's gotten worse. Chatting back and forth, it's just people yeah. trashing people. Is it like that still? When I first started, I'd say it was like 80-20, 80% gold, 20% trolling. And then it moved to about 50-50, and now it's almost 20-80, where you really have to to sift through to find good information, but good information still exists, and they're still a leading news source for running results and links and everything. Mm -hmm. So I still spend a good bit of time there to keep me up to date. But there was an interesting post this morning, and it said, what is the simplest running plan to get fast? And I I love stuff like that. Because even if 95% of it's garbage, there are some interesting, thought-provoking posts that will get made about that. And right away, people were talking way too complex. One post said, mm-hmm. well, you know, just simple. Monday, easy. Tuesday, faster than race pace. If you're going, if you're a miler, do 400, 800 stuff. Wednesday, easy. Thursday, race pace intervals. Friday, easy. Saturday, uh, slower than race pace you're talking 5k 10k work sunday long run like that is exactly what people are trying to avoid when they ask this question mm-hmm. what is the simplest route to get faster if you don't even want to script a plan you don't want to do conversions you don't want to worry about pacing you don't want to do anything other than follow simplicity and get better man my watch just started another run this is not good kirk that's it's not fighting good at all. Now. I'm trying to cancel and go back and just trying to go forward. Terrible. And it, it reminded me of several questions we've received of, hey, I'm a new runner. I'm new to running. I want to spend time doing this right, but it's I don't think I'm ready for threshold work or real long runs. And up oh, there it goes again, starting to run. I'm just gonna have to turn my watch off. You might if it turns if it even lets itself turn off. It's possessed. Uh oh, it's fighting the power down. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Kirk, if something happens to me, the spirit left. You may have some weird, time. like, magnetic energy going on and wherever you're staying. Could be trouble. Yeah. But we keep getting this question, how long should I spend in base? Which too long? What if I just want to improve my running and not worry about quality workouts? I think we can answer all that in one rambling conversation today of what is the simplest way to get fast if you are not concerned about prepping for one specific race well there's a lot of people out there who just want to get better but it's not like they have this big bullseye on their calendar of this race drives how my training is going to be i just want to run and get better Mm-hmm. so what was your your trolling answer then oh you i didn't don't start post. typing away oh. i think i have only actually posted on let's run three times in okay. the 16 years that i've been going on there three mm. All right. Well, I thought maybe you would dive in there. Just call everybody no, idiots. No, I, I'm just a taker. Okay. I sift through. I it's take, a one-way I take, relationship. I yeah. Yes. Well. Because it's a relationship I'm not proud of. Mm. Let's run as my moped. It's fun to ride, but you don't want your friends to see you doing it. 
I sold mine this last summer for that very reason. Okay. What you kind know? of moped did you have? Because I know you're I not had, a Vespa guy. I had a I genuine I... Buddy 50. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was green. It was. Uh, I went to Thailand on a trip a few years ago, and you had to ride mopeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we rented mopeds in Phuket, and uh, I fell in love with my moped and riding it everywhere. So I came back and immediately bought one. And then I realized it's not nearly as uh, not nearly as serviceable here in the United States in the residential suburbs. So that's when it. we lived in the Lake Geneva area, I considered getting one because everything is up a mile or two away. And then I realized mm-hmm. I can just use a bike. Or your car. Well, that was the point. I didn't want to use a car all the time. Felt wasteful to <clears throat> let it war- or cool down for ten minutes in the summer in order to drive four minutes. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to zip on over, and that's when I, I bought a mount, or I bought a, a hybrid bike and started zipping mm-hmm. around, doing sick tricks. I bet popping wheelies off the curb. So where does uh, where does your mind first go then when you hear this? What is the simplest way to improve my running or get faster? Because we like to dissect things. We like mm-hmm. to give details. We like to split hairs generally on this podcast. And I feel like the sentiment is going to be the opposite of that with your like first reaction to that question. Yeah. For the, for the common runner who doesn't necessarily even have anything on their calendar, maybe, at this point. So I'm curious where you start, and I'll, I'll play clean up with your first sentiment, but what do you think? I think the easiest way to get faster would be to simply do one long base build version where you start every run slow and easy and run as you feel. So the way we talked about how the East Africans train, you know, the, the Kenyan run, as we like to call it, where mm. they'll start running at eight or nine minute pace. And these are 13 minute 5K runners. And then they slowly, after 10 minutes or so, move into their actual how I'm feeling today running pace. And then some days they finish up running faster. What is this just gradual progression throughout the run of dawdle to actual jogging? And then if things are happening and the conversations click in we just end up rolling the last couple kilometers that's how i would approach pretty much every single day with no purpose other than feel good we start out slow so that i'm guaranteed to feel pretty good as i warm up there are going to be days i let myself pick it up a little bit and days i don't and then i would sign up for a lot of local races and that would be it that would be my two components easy runs that i build into and then i'd race my way with any sort of sharpness okay that's simple should be just cue the music and shut the curtains on this episode you could <laughs> but detail doesn't negate simplicity i don't think mm. so i think there are more pieces you can add into that which would not muddy the waters but would give a little bit of clarity but where do you want okay. to start? What, what's your initial? If you had to tell someone, just do this, what would it be? Well, I think my my worry with something like that would just be, you know, somebody not being in touch with their body enough to make proper decisions. And then I get worried about like that, that like gray zone running constantly, which most people would probably end up working themselves into 
mm-hmm. every day, no matter what, especially if you're not um, super self-aware, we'll call it, with your effort. I feel like every run could potentially turn into that, and then maybe uh, another run, when you do feel good, will turn into something that actually might resemble quality eventually. But I think that, like leaving it up to their own devices scares me because, you know, most people work too hard and they don't even realize it. So I agree with you, and I think subbing in races as quality is going to move the needle on top of, you know, maybe just pushing it when you're just listening to your body. But I think, like, people are idiots. People don't know how to listen to their bodies. And, I, heck, we've been doing this for two, three decades, and still I miss cues, right? So so I agree with you in the simplicity. I think people overcomplicate this thing way too much, including us. We have a podcast mm. about overcomplicating things, to be honest. But um, I don't know. I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous to just send somebody on their way with that. I agree with you. But and, I like and, it. And I had two ways I wanted to go with it. I went the way I would personally respond well to you. But I think you and I are different sides of the same coin with our mentality and our approach to training. Where I always err on the side of caution. Yeah. And you let it rip a little bit. And so I was confident that you would provide the other side of the coin perspective of, for those of us who can't be trusted to trust ourselves, what happens? Can any of us really be trusted to trust ourselves? I feel like we're all maybe dialing in, but we always learn hard lessons along the way. Correct. Mm-hmm. So if my if my approach there that I offered gave too much wiggle room and too much gray area, what's your counter to that? How would you tell someone to go out and be simplistic and effective in training? <clears throat> See, I would have to give more detail, and that's where then I come to fault is – Like if you want to keep something simple, for example, with my clients and I want to keep their nutrition advice simple, I say fill half the plate with half the plate with veggies, a quarter of the plate with a starch. I give them a few options and a quarter of the plate with a protein, right? I give you three ingredients. I don't care what you fill that with. Just fill it with those three things, right? And people can get on board with that. TVP is your protein. TVP? Textured vegetable protein. No. Are you talking animal-based protein? Sure, or a substitute, like a, you know, vegetarian substitute. That's the, the general premise behind that, that substitute. A, that is a vegetable. Isn't it? Like, you're talking, like, just like the crumbles? I'm just trying to throw. Yeah, quit messing with me. Stick in your spokes, Kurt. Get that mic closer to your face, too. I want to hear you breathe. My tongue can touch it. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's how, close to my face. You're quiet. Um, okay, so, I'll ratchet it up another notch for you. That's better. The I'm going to be gonna... ha- holding this mic in my mouth by the end of this episode. Actually, You're going to get a lot of mouth sounds. Yeah, could have said a couple inappropriate things there. Um, so I like to take this that say we're going to take that nutrition approach, which is like the simplest way before I get all split in hairs with clients talking about macros and eating paleo or cutting this out or watching your carbs. Duh, duh, duh. Start with like the, the plate approach, right? So could we use the plate approach with simple running? I think we could. Can people handle three bullet points? I think they could. You gave them two. Really? Yeah. The Kenyan run when you know every day and let it work into what it wants and then racing. So let's just do like the three pillars. People are smart enough to handle at least three, I think. And that would be a long run, 
right? And the long run can be subjective, but I would say in general, twice your goal race distance up to 10 K and then eventually you can split hairs after that, what you want to do. So a long run, um, a speed session that is faster than race pace. And then just go out and run easy. Meaning you could hold a conversation maybe two more times per week. So, so half your plate, your vegetables are these two easy runs, these two filler runs. I don't care how far they are. Then your meat is your, uh, is your long run and your potatoes is your interval day. And that's simple. Run hard and fast and short on one day. You get it. I don't need to repeat myself. That'd be my like nutrition approach to simplicity. Okay. Now, that was the route I wanted to go, which is give people three things to do. Yeah. The first is run easy every single day other than two. Okay. One day per week, run longer by the same exact principle. Just duration is longer. And then one day per week, I would still like people just to run quicker. You know that every Wednesday <clears throat> I'm just going to run quicker. Yeah. Without being and like structured intervals. Like today I'm going to run hard no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. And you could even go random there. You could even go random. You could say every other Wednesday, I'm just going to run hard up hills and easy down. And the in-between Wednesdays, I'm just going to go and run as far as I want, as fast as I want. Or I'm going to do intervals. You could go unstructured if you wanted to, but I don't want to even go into those. I would have one day fast, one day long, and everything else easy. I mean, if you just kept those three bullet points you'd be fine. Now, I do want to give some some detail now. You, well, you did just simplify even like you took my little plate approach and you simplified it further, just saying run hard one day, run long one day, and run two easy runs. Yeah. And there you have it. Like that's what I was saying without – Correct. But you said it's simpler, yes. And I think I would actually substitute the word hard for fast if I'm being totally simplistic and only given bullet points because okay. – as we talked about in our last episode, race lessons we learned. It is very easy to run hard, but it doesn't guarantee that you get fast. Learning to run fast without running hard is kind of the golden grail of running. The mm-hmm. golden grail? Did I just combine holy grail and golden goose? Golden ticket? Nobody says golden goose or golden ticket, but we'll go golden ticket. Oh, they say it. The holy goose, I think, is what you're going the for. The holy golden ticket of goose is yes. what you want, is to be able to run fast without running hard. And so mm-hmm. I would say to run fast one day per week, run long one day per week, and run easy every other day. But simplicity needs guidelines to remain simple. As mm-hmm. counterintuitive as that sounds, you need rules in order to be simplistic. So... What does long mean and what does easy mean? I think it needs some duration components attached to it. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I sort of want to split one hair really quick, just one, before we go into that. That's and what my we... haircuts look like. <laughs> you split one hair? Split one hair. I just want to split the hair of um, number of days per week. Yes for this, these, this person, because they're going to say, well, how many days a week should I run? How many, da, da, da. and I have a very, I have a concrete answer on this one, I believe. And I can, I can justify as to why 
I don't know if you had a quick thought on that or yeah. not. You do. Okay. My answer well, is I don't care. However my, many days per week you want to run, that's the one you start at. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you that four is the answer. <laughs> to start. To okay. start. The easiest and simplest way to get better. Um, because I think left to their own devices, some people will either swing too hard one way or the other. And four is a great number because four is, let's say you choose to run three days per week. Let's just say you're a three-day-a-week runner. What does that mean? That means for sure at some point in the week you're going to go two days in a row without a run. You can't mm-hmm. get around it. Maybe more if you're, you could go three days in a row without a run of the way you jig your week, um, which is just not – it's going to slow the progression of the needle movement, it, especially if you get those two-day gaps often. I feel like you're leaving room on the table. But if you bump to four days a week, now, granted, you could cram all four days in a row, which you shouldn't do or probably wouldn't, but it doesn't really leave the opportunity to go two days in a row without a run. In fact, it forces you to run back-to-back days once. And I think there's Mm -hmm. some magic in that. And so I think there's a big difference between a a three-day-a-week runner. Granted, if running's your only modality, right? They're not cross-training. I just think that four is like you get double your return as you do on three because it just negates those two days of off running in a row. And it also forces you to run back to back days at some point during the week. And so I think that just is simple way to move the needle further with only one simple change. Okay. That's my, that's my justification. Yeah. I don't have flaws in that. I would say if you're setting a basement four is the basement. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're asking that question, what's the simplest way to improve my running or get better? I think that you might be in the four day a week run wheelhouse. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, you could Maybe. be. So yeah, start with four. Now what I'm more concerned about is duration. Yeah, let's I get to would that like now. to see everyone on their easy days work at whatever day per week they choose. Let's say it's four. Until they can get up to forty minutes any day easy. Every day if they wanted to. Uh, say you're doing four days a week you got to be able to run 40 minutes four days a week with no issues whatsoever okay and why 40 out of curiosity out of curiosity where does that number come from for you because when i look at all the different demands of all the different races i can't i can't identify one race where i would be comfortable with an athlete saying i've maxed out my aerobic runs and it's less than 40 minutes Hmm. but even like a world-class 5k or 10k runner I could be okay with them, world-class, if they never ran longer outside of their long run than 40 minutes on any one given run. I would have them doubling, but I think 40-minute duration is like the bare minimum to be able to handle any standard common distance, probably up to like a 10K. And if we're asking this question and only running four days a week, and wanting to be super simplistic, you're probably not training for a half marathon or a marathon or an ultra. So 10K and below, I think if you can run 40 minutes at a drop of a hat four times per week or more, that's like your your minimum viable product to be able to get the job done. Okay. I can so get that's my that. very specific reasoning for 40. Okay. Get to 40 and then get your long run to 60. Once you get up to there, then I think you have two options. Either revamp and now work your easy runs up until that you can have all your easy work at 60 minutes in your long run up to 90 you'll notice a trend here 
I'd like it to be 30 to 50% longer than your average runs. Or you add another day at 40. So once you can get four days a week at 40 minutes and 60 for your long run, you either add a fifth day at 40 minutes or you stick at four and you try to get them all up to 60 minutes because that's my actual number I want everyone to get to. I'm okay with 40 minutes a day in a 60 minute long run, but once you get that, my real goal is that you can run an hour. Anytime someone said, let's go for a run, you could go for an hour with no issues and you could go 90 minutes on a long run with no issues at all. So those are my two guidelines. Get to 40 and then get to 60, but don't put any timeline on what, how long it takes to get to those numbers. If it takes you months to get up to that, that's okay because you are building. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're building, you're progressing, and anytime you're progressing, you're getting faster. I like that. Now, I agree with all of that, actually. That logic is pretty sound. Those are pretty straight-up guidelines. I think... Whoever proposed this question about what's the, what was it, the simplest way to get faster? Simplest training plan to get faster. Now, because you have such a great and smart brain, Bracken, and you can think ahead, you're progressing this human in a way for long-term development. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what this jokester on Let's Run is asking. I think this jokester on Let's Run's like, I got a 5K in six weeks and I need to rip. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to set you up with a softball here first, and then we'll debate a little. Okay. So let's say this, this idiot on Let's Run, that is really what he's getting at. Like, I want to. Or maybe a newbie. Well, let I don't want to label them idiot. idiot. I do. I just think it's funny. So, <laughs> so, um, would you give him the same, or her, I don't know who asked, the same answer? Same thing, be the same answer. No, I would give the next progression answer. But okay, I do want to see this one through for like two minutes before we go to that one. Okay. Please do. All right, so there's only two remaining questions that I think you would have for a truly simplistic training plan. The first is... How do I actually get faster without doing any speed work? And the second is, how long do I do this for? How do I know that I've either stagnated or hit my ceiling or accomplished my goal? So the first is, if it's truly to get faster, we haven't talked anything about the mechanics of speed. Should we have any amount of mechanical speed work or speed work involved in this plan? The floor is still yours. It's mine. Well, uh, yes. Are you? Are you? But, oh, okay. Well, yeah. But it complicates things. That's why I like having the progression option because you don't have to add in standalone anything. But if you're finishing up the last mile hard some days, you can just work on perfect fast running form. Otherwise, I'm always a big believer in strides, but I would just lengthen them a little bit. I would probably do 20 to 30 second pickups running perfect stride a handful of times per week. Okay. Is this on the simplest plan still? I would like to add that to the simplest. Just doing some mechanic, and you, you can even look at it like skill work. Almost look at it like weight room work. I'm just going to add in some stride weight training a few times per week just to make sure that I don't start to slow my stride. I don't start to get saggy in my hips. The only downside of running base building is that you can cement bad habits and you can erode your form a little bit. 
one of the underlooked parts of speed work for people who aren't fans of speed work is that it improves your stride. Whereas long, slow, easy, one of the detriments of that is that if you're not careful of what you're doing, you can erode your stride a little bit. So if you actually were doing this to get faster, I would do some sort of picking up your stride to a good, fast, hard run a few times per week for 30 seconds or less at a time. So that would be sprinkled in one of those speed sprinkles, 40-minute bouts. Yeah, finish up your run and do that, or do that at the end of your warm-up and then go do your run, or stop your run in the middle and do that. I wouldn't have any rules for it. Just at least twice per week, you got to add in a few fast runs. Okay, whatever that means to somebody. Yeah, and that would be one of those, it's not required, but if racing, truly getting faster is your end goal, I'd like you to be able to transition. At some point, you have to transition out of this. I'd like you to be ready to transition into interval or threshold work, and the only way to actually be ready for it is to be doing tiny little sprinkles of what you're going to need. It's kind of like if you were going to get ready for a powerlifting competition, but initially you said, I don't want to do any powerlifting training, so what's the best way I can get ready for this? People would be like, well, you got to get your mobility and all your your joints down, and you've got to make sure that you have good flexibility and that uh, your diet's clean. But you should also be doing some, like, bar path movements mm-hmm. in order to get ready for that. Otherwise, the moment you add in weight, you're going to be destroyed. But if you did just some, like, body weight work prior to that, you're at least going to have some ability to handle what's coming next. And I look at strides or speed pickups the same way. If you go from easy running to interval work, you're going to have a learning curve uh, physically and mentally. And having some fast little strides and speeds sprinkled in leaves you physically ready to handle what's going to happen next. Okay. I agree. I mean, yeah, of course I agree with like developing those pathways for sure. So, but then it's like kind of, well, if we're going to give somebody those sort of recommendations, it's like, well, couldn't we give them just like a, like something specific at that point instead of leaving people up to their own devices, which again scares me initially because people usually make bad decisions or overdo things in a way. Yeah. So if we're saying, what are our core tenants? You're going to run, if it, that's, that's based off my first one, which is just do a a Canyon run every single day and long once per week, then twice per week, finish your run, start with four 30 second fast runs, 30 seconds, turn around, walk all the way back as recovery. And then once that doesn't even feel like anything, add a fifth and add a sixth until you get to eight. I think once you're at eight at the end of a, a run, and this, this should not feel like a workout. This should feel like you're not adding any stress. Once you can do eight of those with no issues, you can hold there, but that's when you know you're ready for the next level to be added in. So that's our, your first indicator in my book. That's if we're following mine. You only have two rules. If we follow yours, which is three rules, then I don't think it's as needed. Okay. You already have your one fast day per week. In which case, okay. if you wanted to, you could just add it one time per week. Let's say on a Monday or something like that. All right. I like that. It's still simple. Very simple. Mm-hmm. And you know you're ready to graduate on when you can do these eight 30-second bouts after your run and and seem to be like, okay, I'm handling this. I like this. I want more. Yes. Okay. Imagine trying to explain this all in a paragraph on Let's Run as a response. <laughs> You'd... Yeah. It'd be a little difficult. 
Now so I want to distill it down to this: run easy every single day per week, except for one day where you run faster and one day where you run longer. Perfect. Add in a stride session or two once or twice per week. Boom. Mm-hmm. That is your most sustainable long-term way to actually build up your running needs, but it's not a race-ready plan. It's right. the most simple way to progress if you're a novice. Well, let's, So when um, do you stop? I want to wrap this up with how do you know you're done with this plan and ready for the plan you and I would actually write for someone if they wanted to race? How would you know when you're done with this plan? Well, you've met the uh, time cap requirements. You've been able to hit your 60 and 90, mm-hmm. right, apparently, um, which means, like, let's just say three runs of 60 minutes and one run of 90 per week. And uh, twice a week, you've been doing 8 by 30 seconds pickups, um, and you've realized after a few weeks you were staying healthy feeling pretty good overall and you just want a little more i don't know that's where i would start what about you yeah one box would be mental health i'm sick and tired of this i need more Mm -hmm. the second would be your inner body metrics watching your heart rate watching your pace if at your current pace your heart rate keeps getting lower and lower and lower you keep following the plan if eventually you're not getting any faster and your heart rate's not getting any lower. You've probably reached the end of your progression right now. Or the opposite version of that is your heart rate stays the same, but your pace keeps getting a little quicker and a little quicker on these easy and long runs. When that stops happening and you sit in that for a few weeks with no real progression, you've reached the end of that effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Which again, you then have the option to lengthen again or add another day. That's when you go to day five and you start lengthening that long run, maybe just every other week to two hours rather than mm-hmm. 90 minutes. And then, you know, this, I'll just keep playing devil's advocate because it just feels right. Yeah. You know, is this person going to have a heart rate monitor? Is this person even going to be, you know, most people, I guess, have watches now that'll, that'll measure their metrics. But um, that's assuming, like, I don't know, again, if I think of somebody who wants something simple and quick, Mm-hmm. and easy they might not be monitoring you know those things so it could be a little cloudier okay so then let's make it super simple when you get to the point where three days of an hour and one day of 90 minutes is easy or dull or boring then you either you take one of two options whichever one is mentally palatable to you you either add another day and start lengthening your long run but if that's not stimulating to you then you have to proceed to 2.0 version of simple training, which is scripted quality once per week. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my simple recommendation. Okay. Either I, keep building volume or switch it up, but your mind will tell you which one. Yeah. Some people get some people can sit there and just go run, and they're happy to just go run every day. And then some people could be like two weeks into that plan and be like, "This is boring." Mm-hmm. I can't do this. It'd be it'd be very interesting to see how that plays out. I think we should just dive into this person who, let's say, has something coming up in six weeks. They've been running aimlessly or kind of committed, kind of not. And, again, this might not change a whole lot for your answer, but let's just think about this guy wanting to get faster, quicker, easier, simpler 
probably is testing himself here coming up in some capacity, I mm-hmm. would assume, right? Maybe he's a, he or she's a nine-to-fiver with a bunch of kids, and they just want – he just wants to not have to think, and he enjoys the occasional race on the weekend. So I think that, like, changes things. That's how I look at this guy's or girl's question for some reason. It's okay. just like, yeah, like I'm just going to patch job some races, and I want to, like – service this in a reasonable way in which you know doesn't consume my life that's how i kind of take it and in that case we go right to the nutrition plate i mean analogy or or whatever is i think if somebody wants to get faster simpler and quicker that you just throw it right at them i think you throw it right at them with interval work once per week and you keep it so simple. You just tell somebody to run quarter mile repeats every damn week and add a rep every week for who cares how many weeks. Like something simple where you know quarter mile repeats are going to end up being faster than their race pace, which is just a principle I believe in. Again, we're starting simple. And say, do quarter mile repeats, start with six. We're going to take 60 seconds or 90 seconds rest every time. Week one, you're going to do six. Week two, you're going to do seven. Week three, you're going to do eight. And we're just going to increase one rep every week. Maybe we'll increase your long run by five minutes every week as well, and the rest can be fillers. I would just give them something super simple and tangible. And, yes, that's going to hit a stall point really quick. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like, we're not adding enough stimulus, but I would just keep it so simple. Guaranteed that I know that their repeats are going to end up being faster than race pace. Sure, they're going to blow up or they're going to they're going to probably execute like a, you know, like a rookie, and that's fine. They're going to learn through that. And I would just keep it that simple. You're doing quarters today, and we're going to add one rep, and that might be enough to keep them going for a six, eight-week block. And no way they're not going to be faster at the end of that than they were at the beginning. I just don't see a way around it. So that's what I would do if I want to get specifics. Like, you're going to do quarter-mile repeats. You can do one long run. You're going to do those two fillers. Nice and easy. And there you have it. That's it. And I would okay. treat the long run like a Kenyan run in the sense where I want you to start easy. And if you feel good, pound that shit home. So that's that's what I would do thinking if somebody's like that weekend warrior racer, not sure of what to do. And that's about as simple as I can get it. And if I had to keep it simple, I would just give them the quarter mile repeats and or 90 second repeats. You could do whatever you want, depending on and just go with it. Okay. Just go with it. What do you think? I mean, it's so flawed. Don't get me wrong. But again, we're looking at short term. Even short term, I'm not letting them work hard. No? Because looking back at the body of, of athletes that I have witnessed personally, <clears throat> the vast majority of them fall under the same umbrella, which is they lack staying power. And so I'm going to say, I don't care, even if it's just six or eight weeks until your goal race. We're going to work slower than race pace up until a point. If it's a half marathon or a marathon or whatever, it's going to end up being faster. But I'm just such a sold believer on threshold work. If they are on the slower end of the spectrum, I'm just going to apply 10K work twice per week all the way up there. And every other week, I will still keep the long run in. So it's basically going to be a couplet. Week A and week B repeated times three for six weeks. And then week seven, we're saying is race. But see, then we're just we're like throwing more things in the mix. Like if we want simple, no, just one thing, just threshold work. Well, well, right. But then you have a week what A and a week B, and well, forget about that. Let's every week on Wednesday we're going to do short 10k intervals. 
let's call them two to four minute intervals. And on Saturday, we're going to do long five to 10 minute threshold intervals. And we're just going to do that for six weeks. And by the end of that, you're going to be so much better with your staying power. You're getting endurance and speed at the same time. Goal 10K pace for most people. If you're not like a, a high performing athlete, that's somewhere between 40 and 50 minutes of work for a lot mm. of people in terms of race pace. That's squarely in the threshold zone, but it's fast enough to drive stride benefits as well. And you're not going to burn out. That's the big thing is I don't trust people not to overwork and I don't trust people to have staying power. And so this workout is the simplest, most safe version. Got some dogs going on in the background here, Kirk. Yeah, I can hear it barely. Again, your old mic would pick that up like for sure, but yeah, I'm not. So yes, threshold work is the simplest and safest means of getting through six weeks. To me, six weeks is too long to get people 400s. Not that they can't do it, but that when they see a 400, it's a sprint. And when they see threshold, they think a little bit more reined in. And I think the perception of a 400 is what keeps me from prescribing it. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying that my bias is I'd rather have people work slower and longer every single week. And I know you're going to get there healthy. And that's what most people need. Again, if we're talking, this is the mindset of someone who's new to it. They just want simplicity and they want to get to race day and do well. I think getting there healthy with some confidence that, listen, over six weeks, I've done 12 threshold workouts and I built up to 10 minute intervals on Saturday and six minute intervals on Wednesday. And I'm taking it on short 45 to 60 second rests. So I'm confident I can run this. Your plan will get somebody better long-term than mine. Absolutely. I'm not denying that. That is significantly more sound on every single principle, but I feel like this conversation started with simplicity. Like now we're talking threshold work and 10K work. Now we're just confusing the shit out of somebody. Like, no, no, for no. Me, All I'm telling them, if they're slower, <clears throat> just do 10K work. Well, they don't even know what 10K work would mean because they're, they're asking this question. So I'm just saying like, like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just like, if we're going to so dumb it down, like we had to dumb it down like just to start – and then maybe well, after then, they realize they hit their potential or whatever, I'm not getting better, then you can start giving them more specifics. Your your way is the right way. That's the way I would do it with any athlete. Are you kidding me? Of course. I'm just like on the pillar of like simple, no, right. no questions. Like now we're just muddying the waters and that wasn't the idea because you had, had read off like the person's answer was like super complicated, whatever yeah. one you had read. And I'm like, well, now we if we're not going to complicate it, like you're – that's where I'm just like, that's like the, I think I'm stuck on that pillar of like, so simple that we can't. Well, here's how I guess people. I would say that. Yeah. If we're going to do quality, you have to have some sort of quantitative goal. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I didn't put this in stage one. This is stage two for me. Mm -hmm. Which by that point, I think every runner I've ever worked with, by the time we got ready to do speed work, could guess what they could currently run in a 5k within 30 seconds hmm. so by the time they're ready for this if i said what do you think you could run in a 5k right now they might give me a goal 5k and they might give me an actual 5k but the difference is only going to be about 30 seconds so then you plug that into a calculator and it tells you what could you run in a 10k right now 
Mm-hmm. And for most people, it's relatively accurate, but you're going to be a little slower in 10K. But if you're already talking someone who's untrained, if it's a 40 to 50 minute 10K time they're putting out there, that might even be fast. It might be a 50 to 60. Even if they're 50 to 55 minute 10K, or if their 50 minute prediction is like a 58 minute 10K, or their 40 minute prediction is really a 45 minute 10K, that's square in the threshold zone. Oh, yeah. So that's why I feel like it's safe. So if on day one they just said, I think right now I could run a 20-minute 5K, and it predicts I could run off that a 48-minute 10K. You do a calculation one time. You go online, and you put in a a 20-minute 5K. It says your 10K prediction is 48 minutes, and it tells you what minute per mile that is. You're doing all your work right around that minute per mile, twice per week, whether you need it or not. Every other day is easy. Yep. So, yeah, then this is the problem with plans, right? The more you want to actually get out of the plan, the more you have to think about the plan. For sure. And you, to your end, if you can prescribe a distance, then you just run the best you can run in order to complete those and you don't worry about pace. So I think the most important thing you said was 60-second hmm. rest. If you short keep rest, your rest yeah. short... It almost is this this protective rev limiter on your workout. And it's why I love short rest workouts, mm-hmm. especially for long distance runners, is you can't fudge the numbers. Maybe on rep one and two you can, but then you can't recover, so you can't overwork. So I think that's the most important thing. If you don't want to think about your pace and you don't want to do calculations, set your rest really short and then just try to run all your reps in the same time or as close together as possible. Mm-hmm. If you have a tight spread on your reps, you're doing it right. See, I think, I think like, so you're looking at this as like, there is a tomorrow, so to speak. Like I'm building for the future and I'm looking at this as like, there's no tomorrow. I, we're just gonna. If there's no tomorrow, run faster than race pace <laughs> as many times per week as you can handle. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah. A, it's like a funny thing. I think I come from this disposition of like, this dude just wants to impress chicks at the next 5k and it's in four weeks and he doesn't want to devote too much time to it. And I'm probably, probably wrong there, but, um, sound training principles, you win every single time, (laughs) like every single time you win. Of course. I agree with, we preach exactly what you're saying. Like I agree with you a hundred percent. I think if I were to like, let's just say I were to argue my plan again, I know this is not sustainable, not sustainable. And it's also going to hit, you're going to hit like a, you're going to hit a dead end pretty quick. I think you're going to see nice returns initially, and then you're just going to be like, I'm trapped, which is going to happen. But it would be like the intervals, like just shorter intervals, shorter rest, the two steadier, easy runs. And then on your long run, it would be like, you know, compounding home, right? Like really like maybe we could get our, you know, what you classify as threshold work in for the last 30 minutes of that long run. If every long run was, Let's put your shoes on and know that you're going to work hard, harder as you go. And then towards the end, you're going to come flying home. So you could sneak it in there maybe in some capacity, okay. but I don't know if it would train them to pace themselves for racing nearly as well as your plan. But um, I think I would just add that note in, but that would be, that would be it. But eventually things would have to change. It'd almost be like on my plan, you would go see it through for like 12 weeks and then you'd have to like go back and start over at step one of your plan and then begin again, right? Okay. That's how I, I would look at it. I mean, I don't. 
I don't disagree with any of that. What I think all of this brings us to is what (laughs) is the hybrid plan of all of this, of all the, from my simple go run as you feel as many days per week as you want with one long run all the way to yours or mine. All right, we're going to do some threshold or we're doing 400s fast. And then at the end of this, like it's not maintainable. So we got to move on. What is the one size fits all long-term training plan that allows people to follow it indefinitely, always be fairly race ready, never be in danger of burning out the most simplistic version that touches upon everything. So now it doesn't have to be the MVP, that minimal minimum viable product. It doesn't have to be the most simple plan out there. It has to be the most simple plan that includes everything a runner could need in order to progress long-term and not burn out. Like if you had the least amount of moving parts, but you don't have to be stingy with the moving parts. You don't have to leave any moving part out. You just have to have the simplest version of it. I think that's mm-hmm. what this brings us to. Yeah, I agree. You have what something would in mind? That be? Well, well I, yeah, be... I have firm, I have firm beliefs on this, and they have, they've evolved over time, and some of them have come back to root, like their roots, and some are, have changed a little bit. But yeah, I have a firm belief on what the most, like we used to have this back in the leaderboard days. We had our race ready plan, yep. which was a year round, non linear progression style of training. Like it was non periodized. It was. I don't think you can do linear progression with endurance sports, but it was semi-progressive but maximum maintainable. Like I, I've been playing around with this since mm-hmm. 2012, so I have I have very, <laughs> very specific thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I think you know if we're looking now, we can actually talk like what we truly believe. <laughs> think yeah. instead of you know these were you know clouded how we're looking at the short-term plan would be. Um, you're going to have some sort of threshold workout every week, whether that means intervals of short recovery or steady work. We're going to work threshold in the form of tempo runs or threshold intervals for the most part every week. Um, we are definitely going to incorporate a long run every week. and Maybe every other week we'll do some sort of quality in that long run just to add in a little more overspeed training but still in a fatigue state. And then we're going to fill with volume in between like recovery type work. And, and maybe at the end of those threshold runs or at the end of some of your recovery runs, you may be doing, you may do your threshold work and then do four by 400 meters afterwards to get the turnover going. And we would just keep it nice and balanced, but the bulk of the work would be in threshold and um, short recovery for sure. And then on the weekends, your long runs and once in a while, we'd throw some fartlek style work in there as well to give two quality stimulus a week. And I think we fill the gap with time on feet and recovery effort. Um, and that's a very like, that's like dating the safe guy, right? Like, oh, he's always going to treat me well. He's never going to turn his back on me, never going to cheat mm-hmm. on me. I'm always going to feel good about myself with him. That's like the version of that plan. And it usually will get you better in a slow and progressive manner so that would be how i would look at it in general and i don't know if that was too complicated or not but that would be no i think what you about have two you? pillars of your week you have your interval running day and your your i would say the speed day and a stamina day but mm-hmm. for me i'm still sticking to threshold so it's not true speed because i think yep. 10k to half marathon pace work depending on how fast you are but really settling around that 10k to 15k for Americans, call it five mile to ten mile race pace. Yep, that is where I would center all my intensity around. 
So let's just call it Wednesday, Saturday. It doesn't have to be, but every single Wednesday I'm running threshold intervals. 100%. Every single one. And I'm Would you always do them interval style or would you throw like, let's do a six mile threshold run today? Or uh, would you do that or would you prefer to keep it always interval style? I'm keeping it all intervals so that I never overwork or overreach. Sure. So I'm always healthy. However, Saturdays I'd have room for that. Mm. So Wednesdays I'm running threshold intervals every single week. And as I get closer to actual events, I move it down from 10 mile pace or let's say 15K pace down to five mile pace or 10k pace that's I think about it's as spicy in, as i'm getting pace wise and i think it's important for people to know when you say like these threshold intervals it, it, you know that's still probably cloudy for some people but this would be like like these intervals don't necessarily suck like you're running no. somewhat fast feeling pretty good for the the majority of the workout maybe you really start to work towards the very back end of it but like you're yeah. leaving it feeling invigorated, not wrecked, I think is what you're, what you're getting at, right? Yes. That's at least how I envision this. Yeah, absolutely. These, yep. are, these are all eight to eight and a half out of 10 effort level workouts. Yep. And I'm, for long-term stability, I'm <clears throat> alternating flat and uphill. So I'm getting out and I'm running, let's say three minute threshold intervals on week one. And on week two, I'm doing hilly or incline three-minute threshold intervals. And then I move on week three flat, week four hills, week five flat, week six hills. That's how I'm doing that. Then on Saturdays, I'm basically just doing long runs. And every other week is a actual tempo run. Hmm? And that's it. That's what I'm doing indefinitely. You can get, I would say, at least 90, if not over. I'd say more of your maximum race fitness off following this for eight, 10, 12, 20 weeks. And all you have to do then is specify your terrain as race gets closer. And if it's a really short race, sharpen up a little faster than what you've been working, but you don't have to do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I think That's we all mind pretty much the same thing. Definitely. Yeah. And so if they're two-week couplets or microcycles, do two or three of those and then do a week of time trials. Hit a hard loop for time. Hit a long run for time. And then do six more weeks of training. And then mm-hmm. do two more. And between all of that, you're going to have all the intensity, all of the threshold work, all of the easy volume you could ever need. I think that that is my most simplistic move-it-along training plan. And a lot of my athletes are going to recognize this because – this is what I really like to be doing, especially this stage of the year. Yep. A lot of people are doing a three-minute, five-minute, seven-minute progression of threshold intervals right now, or a three-four-five progression, or a two-four-six, or or some version of of a long run with threshold. This is what a lot of people that I'm working with are doing, and it's because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. It's going to have right. you ready to race in June or July and not burnt out by October. Yeah. Yeah, I think we outlined pretty much the same thing there uh, in, our, in our own way. When you say, and see, we're getting into the weeds now, which isn't really necessarily the purpose of this, so we'll have to stop ourselves because we can. But yeah. um, when you say, like, threshold intervals at that pace, like, can you just give somebody like, give somebody an example of that? When you say, like, let's just say your, your 2 four, six progression, uh, yeah. those are minutes he's talking. Like, what would be, just so they have they can wrap their heads around that. Like give us a specific workout. Recovery stays between 30 and 60 seconds between reps. Yep. 
Sure. Basically, if it's under four minutes, maybe three minutes, I keep it under a minute of rest. And if it's over mm -hmm. that, I keep it to a minute. No. I really never recover longer than 60 seconds between those. And if you're not using like a blood test strip, a lactate measuring strip, you can do heart rate, but I really don't track it because the intervals are, I mean, I track it, but I don't, it's not my, my, my deciding factor because the intervals are short enough that you're not really spending the whole time in that. I just choose a pace and here's my justification. I've talked to a few people about this recently and every time I say it, I still believe it. So I'm going to keep staying, saying it until someone else gives me some better information and I change my tune. If you look at what people really consider lactate threshold, all the people who argue about it don't really contest that it's somewhere between 40 and 60 minutes of all-out effort is right around your lactate threshold. They also don't contest that whether you work at the high end or the low end, it's almost equally effective. So whether you're doing 40-minute or even 38-minute race pace or hour 10 race pace, you're still going to get the vast majority of the benefits. But the more you err on the slow side, the more sustainable and repeatable it is because you don't take as much damage, but you're still getting most of the benefits. So now let's look at what race pace actually is between 40 and 60 minutes of effort. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your, let, let's say right now you had to go race a, uh, a, a 10K, Kirk. What do you think you could run? Pace-wise? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'd like to think like... 515s to 525 somewhere in there and now let's say a half marathon what do you think you could run a half marathon for on the flat roads right now what pace 535 to 540 okay so that's only a 20 second spread between what for you would be like a 32 33 minute race and an hour mm -hmm. 12 you see where i'm going with this of course, not very big, not very different. Let's just call it 35 to 115, mm -hmm. that spread. Those are both outside of threshold from a purely scientific term. That's only a 20-second spread per mile. So what if we just hit right in the middle of that and say 520, mm -hmm. 525 pace? Is that pretty darn safe? Very safe very safe and so that's how i look at this you don't need blood test strips they're fantastic to have you don't need heart rate monitoring it's a fantastic tool to have but if you just take a look and say for a 40 minute race and a 60 minute race what could i probably keep right now either one you choose is going to be okay and if you just air towards the middle back end of that you're safe and it gives you room for a progression and again we're talking mm -hmm. long-term progression here so, Kirk, let's say we even started you at 5.30 per mile. We know that's a little tame. You're just going to get more reps in at that. And then next week, you're going to crank it up a little bit. And so I actually think it's less complicated than people think to train at threshold. If you have a relatively accurate guess of what you can run at. Because your two guesses kind of show you that there's not this huge range that we have to try to hit. It's a you get a 10 to 20 second per mile window and stay within that. And it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, the faster you are, I think the narrower that window gets and the slower you are, maybe the little correct broader that window gets, but I and think it's like fast enough. You're probably at stage three of this training and this mm -hmm. might not be for you. And this would be your, 
your mid-season plan and you'd have to get more specific as you got race specific i think this is the great part about this discussion is well as you understand the answers on let's run got varied and into the weeds and specific and um probably argumentative it's let's run right Mm -hmm. and that's kind of why this is all worth talking about it's why we have a podcast about this because you can just go so many ways with Mm -hmm. things i would like to know what this person like what their real intent like i'd love to see what their uh what their schedule actually was or what their, you know, if there was some context to their question, because you can go so many ways. Cause now basically what's happened is, you know, as we should have, you know, you took it to sound training principles, right. For long-term development, mm-hmm. which is what we preach constantly. Um, and so like is, is long-term development and, and talking about all these things in this sort of detail, like, is this going to be understanded by most? Is it not? You just like, it's just like so interesting because somebody simple might be somebody super complicated and somebody's super complicated might be somebody right. else's simple. So it's like, it's kind of like, that's why this is all just so great. And that's why there's like so much to discuss because there's people coming at this from all yeah. positions and all walks of life. The term threshold, half of the people listening, if they haven't been following us, probably doesn't even know what that means. No. So it's just like, uh, it's just an interesting debate. I feel like we could go on forever about it, but at some point, Alas, like what else would you give them? Yes, and you're correct. Threshold is in itself a turnoff to a lot of people. That term. So turn on to me. So I'm going to make it as simple as I possibly can. If you are faster than 40 minutes in the 10k, start by doing all your interval work at 15k race pace. And I don't even care if you do present 15K race pace or goal 15K race pace. It's a safe spot to be in. And if you want to be American system, choose your goal or present 10-mile race pace if you're faster than a 40-minute 10K runner. And if you're slower than 40 minutes, choose your current 10K race pace. Or if you want to be American, 5-mile race pace. And sit at that. And that's, that's that's your starting point. If you're a faster runner, choose 15K pace for intervals. And if you're a slower runner, choose 10K pace. And just progress that as far as you can. When you want to do intervals, I didn't give enough specifics. Try to hit between 30 and 40 minutes of total time working during the workout. So if you're doing three minutes on, one minute off for your intervals, 10 rounds is probably, 8 to 10 rounds is a great thing to shoot for. But because we're progressing for as long as you want, if early on you can only hit 6, that's great. Build it up until you can hit 10 or 11 and then make the pace slightly faster and start that progression all over again. So let's, um, let's put a bow tie on this somehow and wrap it up. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. So, okay. Back to the original question. What is your bow tie quickly on the simplest and easiest way to get faster? I want to hear your one quick, your take and then I'll give mine, and then I think that'll be that. We've given enough to chew on. Mm-hmm. The simplest way to get faster is to not get hurt. Ooh, so good. run easy every day per week except for the two days, one where you run fast, one where you run long. And if you're concerned about what fast should feel like, choose either 10K or 15K race pace and do 60-second or less intervals of that and hold that until you can't hold your pace without exceeding a 9 out of 10 effort. 
do that once per week. Every other day is easy and long. Okay, I agree. Pretty much of that. Except I just that's give my you some elevator specific. pitch for how to get fast long term. Well, I would just one. tell you short fast intervals with short rest once a week, long run that might progress as you go, and then two easy runs. That's I would just there's my ten seconds. We're gonna keep it super simple. There it is. You could have listened to the entire episode, or you could listen to these last <laughs> forty five seconds of conversation. I like this debate though because I feel like we came at this at two different angles. Like I was thinking like. We're patch jobbing something for this dude quick. And you were thinking, like, let's really make sure he's good for the long term. And I was like, disregard, like, Armageddon is happening. This guy wants to get fast. And maybe my approach still wouldn't have worked, you know, to be honest. Threshold is still king, and I agree with you completely. So it's just a fun little debate. Well, and that's the thing. It is a debate because there is no proven one answer to how to get better as a runner. I would actually argue that your answer is more, for sure, more proven. Mine is like a one-night stand answer. Yours is like, I'm going to develop a real relationship with running. (laughs) But your answer is correct. There are dozens of systems, and every system has produced national, world, Olympic champions, world record holders. What it comes down to is that any system that is followed correctly gives results. All we can do is pick the one that we think sustains us mentally and physically and at the end of the day you just want to be healthy and that's why i love threshold is because it's easier to be healthy long term it's why i love doing spicy stuff in college is because i felt like i got fast really fast really quickly i was fast and so there is no right answer the right answer is the one that keeps you mentally engaged and healthy so whether it's 400s or whether it's thousands at threshold it doesn't matter it truly doesn't. You just have to stick to it. It's so true. The best plan is the one you can stick to. Don't we always say that? Yeah. 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 One of the earliest things I said to people about running was, listen, I don't know it all, but I do know that a bad plan that you follow all the way through every single day and believe in is going to get you faster than the perfect plan that you're inconsistent with. Yep. If you believe in it and you follow it and you stay healthy, it works. Listen, all you need to know is the Ingebrigtsons do threshold work all year round. And they <laughs> continue to perform all year round. Use that as your North, North Star. You'll be all right. Your Nordic North Star. Mm-hmm. You see well, Kirk, that I'm he, off uh, to the mountains. You see, he tested, you saw this. He tested Ingebrigtsen after losing, tested positive for COVID that day. Took second at Indoor Worlds with COVID. Mm-hmm. In the mile. Barely lost, yeah. Wild. But... Yeah. All right, well, go hit the mountains, man. I'm going to go thrash my quads. You going to sit in threshold at all this week, Bracken? Today. Today's a threshold day. All right. Today I'm going to threshold up, recover, threshold down, recover, rinse and repeat. Mm, Nice. Thresholding down is going to get a little weird. I like it. Threshold down is really a state of mind. <laughs> it really is. It's really threshold up, recover, flow down to the bottom, and work on the, the downhill skill work. The uphill is threshold. You can get a nice open fire road where you can actually get your heart rate to kick, you know? Oh, no. I'm running technical Peg. today. Mm. Fast feet, fast eyes. Well, I'll see this on no your Strava chance. when you Strava dump in about a month. I'll see your metrics. You're bad at that. I am. Mm-hmm. You know why? Hmm. I don't. I do know why. why. Why is it that I Strava dumped? Oh, no, I have no idea. I feel like you Mine know automatically me as updates. well as I know me at this point. 
mine automatically updates as soon as I get home and my Wi-Fi clicks in. It just does it, and then so. Yeah, I, I don't it. keep my Bluetooth on on my watch. That must be the difference. Well, speaking of, I don't even know if I have a watch that works anymore. Yeah, good luck with that. You can always turn the Strava app on on your phone. At least you have metrics when it's done. That's true. Yeah. All right, brother. I'll see you when I see you. Till next time, enjoy your run. Thank you. Thank you.